0: Good morning, everybody. Good morning. <clears throat> I'm seeking the Lord for the message today. Um, this message is going to be different than the ones that, I'm usually, that I usually preach. Uh, I was talk, thinking about Christmas and talking to him about, you know, the birth of the Lord and all of that. And just having a conversation. And he he said there's many lessons in Mary's life that have been overlooked. And so that told me that he wanted me to share on Mary's life. The Bible says that her life was one that was highly favored and blessed. Now, if you're like me, when you think of that, God saying you have a highly favored and blessed life, you're thinking of smooth sailing. Everything is going to be okay. It's going to be no adversity. So, I'm going to attempt in this message to capture some of the lessons in Mary's life that the Lord was talking about that have been overlooked um, in the past. So we're going to begin in Luke 26, 38. In your notes, it says like. <laughs> I got an I there instead of a U, but I'm going to read it first, and then we'll uh, go through it verse by verse and kind of unpack it a little bit. So Luke chapter 1, verse 26 and following, let's have a prayer first. Father, we thank you and praise you for your word We thank you that some of the things that we might see today in Mary's life, um, they've always been there. Uh, We just haven't seen them. And so we thank you for the Spirit of God who inspired the Word. And we invite you, Holy Spirit, to come now and minister the Word of God to us and enlighten our understanding, change us, give us understanding, that we might be more like Jesus when we leave than we were when we came. And we'll give you all the glory and the praise and the honor. So Luke chapter 1, verse 26 and following. Now in the sixth month, the angel of Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come... and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there is no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have not known a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born, will be called the Son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be done according to your word, and the angel departed from her. So there's a whole bunch of stuff here. Um, You have to realize that Mary was very young. Um, Most scholars agree she was a teenager. Some say a very early in her teens. Um, She was a very young, a young girl, really. So in verse 28, it says, And having come... In the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. So, the first thing the angel said was to rejoice, and we know that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And you know, the angel knew some of the things that were probably coming up, he probably had some foreknowledge of that, and so he told her to rejoice because she was going to need strength. When it says that she's highly favored, it means that she was endowed with special honor. Um, She was accepted, in other words, for what this task that was before her. And I just believe that, you know, God knows our hearts, and He knew Mary's heart. And He was looking for a heart that would cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Because this was a big, big thing coming up. I mean... It's going to make history. It's going, to, you know, very miraculous, and I believe Mary was chosen because of her heart. You know, and Donna was reading that, that scripture. One of the things he was talking about, and there was a pure heart. I believe when God looked at Mary's heart, He saw a pure heart, and one that would be, um, in His opinion, obedient to Him. And it called her blessed also. That just means that she was spoken well of, that she was praised for uh, any community. And God needed someone who would cooperate, uh, partner with him in this miraculous undertaking as he brought the Savior into the world. Verse 29, but when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting is this? So trouble means that she was disturbed wholly. In other words, she was um, agitated (laughs) Um, to alarm. I mean, can you imagine having Angel Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, all of a sudden, wham, there he is. And he starts talking, telling you all these things that we just read. Um, I mean, it's a lot to process. Just his appearance would be one thing. So let's read verse 30 to 34. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom will have no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? So he's telling her, Mary, who's a young girl, a virgin, that you're going to have a child. He's going to be called the Son of God. And Mary, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. All this sounds very good, but how can this be? Since I'm a young virgin. See, this was... Put yourself in her position. It's mind-boggling. So the angel proceeds to tell her how this is going to happen. Verse 35, And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that the Holy One is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth... Your relative has also received. Well, let's just do verse 35 first. He overshadowed. That means that he was cast a shadow upon. Duh. But it means to envelop. And uh, that's a very pregnant word, envelop. Um, It's the same word used for the cloud that the voice spoke out of in the Mount of Transfiguration. The very same word. And both refer um, to the cloud that is the manifest glory of God. And you've heard me say it before in the services. Sometimes the glory comes, it's, it's a tangible. You can feel it. And when that happens, anything is possible. And that's what this was. She was enveloped with the manifest glory of God in this cloud. And a virgin can become pregnant by God, by the Holy Spirit. Just amazing miracle. Hallelujah. So, verse 36 and 37, I think Gabriel's realizing that he's downloaded a whole lot of stuff to Mary in just a few minutes here. And, you know, she's having trouble processing all this. Put yourself in her position. She's a girl. So he begins to encourage her. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, That's okay. now Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived the son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God... Nothing will be impossible, so the angel is encouraging her um, Her faith he's downloaded all this stuff to her now. He's telling her look Elizabeth your cousin in her old age the one who's called barren is now six months with child Nothing is impossible to God So I'm sure that had to stir Mary's heart And then in verse 38 we have Mary's response to the angel Gabriel. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, that means the female slave, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So Mary's response was one of faith and obedience. Not fully understanding all this, you know, she'd just been told these things, she still agreed to it. And that's what God was looking for. You know I think it's First Samuel um, 15, I think verse 22, where it talks about um, obedience is better than sacrifice. somewhere right in there. I think it's first Samuel 15:22. And so not fully understanding it all, yet she trusted God, and that's a lesson for us. Sometimes we don't always understand the things that God is saying and his leading. You know, God said it. She believed it. So be it. Amen. You know, that was her attitude. Um, You know, this could have been a lot different if she hadn't cooperated with the Holy Spirit. You know, we've been talking about the gifts and stuff, and that's what that is. That's just cooperating with the Holy Spirit of God when he's... Uh, wants to use you in this way or that way to bless the body of Christ. Now, this could have turned out a lot different if if she wasn't cooperative. God spoke to Mary. He made some promises. Mary believed them and responded with faith, gratitude, and obedience. Mary had the right response, even though she didn't fully understand. You know, and that's a lesson for all of us Um. You know, when we were building the Bible school in the Philippines, I wanted to build it on a flat area. I mean it was flat as this platform. And God wanted to build it in the hill. And I argued with him. Nobody would would put it in the hill when you got this flat ground out here. And come to find out that the hill was the buffer from where the they have twenty five typhoons a year. And the wind always comes from the same direction pretty much, and that's the other side of that hill. if I had put it in a flat area, it would have been facing the wind instead of being protected by the hill. God knows what he's doing. So sometimes things don't make sense to our carnal minds, but they're always, God has a plan. You know, he was working his plan beginning with Mary to bring the Savior into the world. So what does this blessed life of God in favor look like? I mean, is she just going to sail through life and have a birth in, uh, you know, the best hospital in town? All this kind of stuff. Mary endured shame and unexpected hardship for many years. You know, she... Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and a lot of people weren't buying that. This young girl's telling him, the Holy Spirit came upon me, and yeah, right. So there was a lot of shame involved. Mary traveled uh, soon after that, a hundred miles south to Judah, spent three months with her cousin Elizabeth who was six months pregnant, who had been barren all her life. And when she returned to Nazareth, she was visibly with child. Uh, this was a serious problem as she was engaged to Joseph. She'd been gone for three months. You have to understand a little bit about the culture. Um, In that culture, a broken engagement required a legal divorce. In other words, when you were engaged, it was almost like being married. You just weren't living together yet. And it was a a covenant already. And uh, so it, you know, it, it required a legal divorce. If she had been, if they could have proven that she had been with another man, by law, she could have been stoned. So this was a very serious thing going on here. This is all before, you know, before the birth of Christ. And um, in Matthew chapter 1, let's look at that, Matthew chapter 1, 18 to 25. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, and he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel which is translated, God with us. We just sang about that before. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him, um, took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. So Joseph had some legitimate, justified concerns. When she comes back, um, three months into her pregnancy, but all those concerns were resolved by God in a dream. How many of you know God speaks to us in dreams and visions? Amen? My sister-in-law gets dreams every night. Um, you know, when they buy a house, God tells them the number, the street, the number, house number, all that kind of stuff. She has that kind of a relationship with him. She sees all these things in dreams. So Mary's highly in favored life now. Took her a few months later on a long trip to Bethlehem for the census. You all know the Christmas story. That couldn't have been much fun as she was just about due to have her baby. So Because of her condition, they had to go slowly to Bethlehem for her comfort. So that means when she got to Bethlehem, the Hilton was full. There was no room in the inn. Barnes-Jewish Hospital wasn't built yet. So highly favored Mary gave birth to our Lord Jesus in a stable, probably not very sanitary. God chose the humblest way to introduce the Savior to the world. I mean, you would think the King of Kings would come with pomp and ceremony and angels blowing bugles and all these kinds of things. But this is how God chose to introduce the Savior in this humble manner. So God's favor does not guarantee no adversity or hardship in our life. You know, you can have Mary was highly favored, honored to be the mother of our Savior. But I think she was highly favored because of her pure heart as well. And I'm sure she had to continually... Remind herself of what God said through her life as she faced some of these hardships we're going to look at a few a few of them because um, there's lessons here according to the Lord that we've just been overlooked. Matthew chapter two verses thirteen to fifteen matthew two thirteen to fifteen Now when they had departed, behold the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, again he's speaking to him in a dream, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt. So, verse 15, And was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophets, saying, Out of Egypt I call my son. See, everything had to be done just the way the prophets prophesied it. Everything in the Bible is um, perfect, line upon line. God doesn't make mistakes. So right away with a baby, now they had to flee to Egypt because Herod was trying to, to kill it. What you might not know was uh, Mary was widowed sometime after Jesus was 12. Joseph and Mary, remember when they were at the temple, Jesus stayed, stayed there and they were headed back and a couple of days they realized he wasn't there and they had went back and looked for him and all that. Well, sometime after that, um, according to the scholars, uh, Mary was widowed. It could be Possibly as young as forty years old. They don't know for sure. Um, But there was a big family. Um, Matthew thirteen. Matthew thirteen, fifty five and fifty-six. Is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? And his sisters, are they not all with us? Where then did this man get all all these things? So <laughs> he's a carpenter. They want to know where he got all this wisdom from. So he had four brothers and several sisters. So if Mary was widowed in the prime of her life, let's say, She faced the trauma of losing her husband and caring for a large family as a single parent. These are all things that were happening in her life and in the life of the Lord Jesus. There's more adversity. Luke chapter four, verse 29. Luke four twenty nine, uh, twenty eight and twenty nine. So all those in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath, and rose up and thrust him out of the city. And they led him to the brow of the hill on which their city was built, that they might throw him down over the cliff. So these were the the elders of the synagogue, the leaders there in his hometown, Nazareth. I was at Nazareth a couple years ago and saw the cliff. And these guys wanted Jesus gone for two reasons. Because he claimed to be the one that Isaiah prophesied and because everybody, they were jealous because everybody was following him. So the religious leaders were trying to kill him. In other words, religion was trying to get rid of him. And that's one of my things, soapbox things. I'm not going to go there. Uh, Just to say that religion can be a stumbling block for some people even today. Um, You know, if I got on my soapbox, it would be much stronger. I'm not going to go there. So Mary saw how the religious leaders mistreated Jesus. Now, if you're here this morning and you're a mother and somebody's mistreating one of your children, a holy anger rises up within you, amen? Because these are the children that you bore, that you're raising, and somebody's mistreating them in some way or another. So she saw all these things. She would have to, as I said before, realign her heart and remind herself of what God said of his promise. Hallelujah. Let's look at Mark chapter 3, 20 and 21. Jesus had been sharing some things, healing some people, Healing on the Sabbath, they got all bent out of shape about that. Multitudes were following him. Then the multitude came together again so that they could not so much as eat. They didn't even have time to eat. He was so popular because he wasn't one who quoted a bunch of people. He would just quote the Torah, and he would just speak truth, which is very powerful. When his own people heard about this, they went out to lay hands on him, for they said he is out of his mind. Now, when it says his own people, I studied this out a little bit. The Greek impression here denotes Jesus' immediate family. So in other words, some of his own brothers and sisters probably, Maybe not all of them, but some of them thought he was out of his mind. And the scribes thought he had a demon, that he was demonized. That's why he could do some of the things he did. So his immediate family, maybe some of you can identify with that. Some of my immediate family thought I was nuts when I quit a good job to go to Bible school. And some of you have similar experiences, I'm sure. Um my dad thought he failed God when, when I didn't go to his denomination uh, to become a pastor in his denomination. Bless his heart. Just a few years later, Mary saw the Jewish leaders convince the Romans to crucify Jesus. This took some doing, but it was done. So she had to watch Jesus suffer and give up his life on the cross. You know, they really didn't take it. Jesus willingly gave up his life on purpose for you and I and for the sins of the world. that We might have everlasting life. Hallelujah. So let's see what some of the adversity that she... Failed, and then we'll get to the good news. She suffered shame and hardship, probably most of her life. Some people never, never did believe that she was conceived by the Holy Spirit. She had to take that journey to Bethlehem for the census, give birth in a manger, very unsanitary. Then right away they had a. Shortly after that, they had to flee to Egypt because Herod was trying to kill Jesus. And she lost her husband some years later. A trauma of losing her husband and caring for a large family as a widow. And she saw the religious leaders mistreat Jesus and try to kill him. And some of her own family had turned against Jesus, um, saying he was out of his mind. And a few years later, she watched him suffer, be whipped, hung on a cross, and die for the sins of the world. That was Mary's favored and blessed life. Now, to find someone who is willing to go through all this for the sake of this miracle of bringing our Lord Jesus into the world that had to be I think sure God gave that some thought he was looking at a lot of hearts when he chose Mary's so what nuggets it was all God's plan Jesus was born to die for us what are some nuggets we can glean out of Mary's highly favored and blessed life number one I don't think it's in your notes I've got the rest of them listed there. But as you contemplate these things, the Holy Spirit gives you more stuff. I already had it turned in. Number one, trust God when you don't fully understand everything. Mary had to trust God. Can you imagine? The angel shows up and he tells her all these impossible things that are going to happen. And she's got to agree with, agree with that in her heart. And probably couldn't understand all of those things. I don't do many quotes, but I want to quote Mike Bickle. Everybody knows who Mike Bickle is from Kansas City. He said this, God desires to partner with those who will trust him through everything. Through everything. God is just looking for obedience. Even if it sounds crazy. And some of the things he'll ask you to do are going to sound crazy and unnatural. Number two, along with God's favor, you can expect some adversity and hardship. I suspect Mary had to repeatedly realign her heart with what God had said. Her life of blessing and favor was not an easy one. She was also told to rejoice. Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And, you know, it's one of the first things the angel Gabriel said to her. I think he had some foreknowledge of what she was going to be going through. It doesn't mean just to rejoice once. It means to rejoice in whatever situation you find yourself in. Not that you rejoice over the situation if it's not favorable, but you rejoice that you don't have to go through it alone. You go through it with God, holding on to Him. Hallelujah. So that was number three. Number four, sometimes the fulfillment of God's promises seem delayed. that ever happened to you, or is it just me? Sometimes it seems like it should have been done last year to me. we got to remember that God is a little, little smarter than we are, amen? And he's never late. He's always on time. So when it seems like a delay, sometimes God is working some things. God unfolds his purpose in this hostile world and uses adversity to help mature us, mature us in his love and humility and trusting and obeying him, getting us to a point where he can partnership with us, like he did with Mary. Hallelujah. That's what he's looking for. People with that kind of a heart. Number five, remember God's promises. This is a big one. God's promises are just as sure when they seem delayed and when you're facing adversity as if it happened when you want it to happen. I always want things to happen like that, and they don't always happen that way. Anybody else that way? Just me, I guess. Yeah, we want things to happen right away, and sometimes God has to work out a few things in our lives or in somebody else's, Um, but they're just as sure, even when there seems to be a delay. So marriage life of favor and blessing, the worship team can come. Mary's life of favor and blessing show us that it comes with its share of adversity and hardship. Though it was all God's plan, God working out his plan. I mean, think about this whole thing. (laughs) He had to have the right person that would be obedient. Just think about this young girl getting downloaded all this impossible stuff. And then she agreed to it. I'm sure she didn't understand everything completely at that moment that she agreed. But she just trusted God and went ahead with it. And that's what we want to do. And I want to leave you with a famous scripture that you can all quote. And it's found in Romans 8:28. It says, and we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose. Do you love God? Are you called according to his purpose? Then you know, whatever situation you're facing in your life today, rejoice, persist, stand on his promises. Even though it may seem delayed, his promises are just as true. Amen. Amen, amen.